at first I thought, you know what? It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. And then I realized it's me. I need to fix me. I need to fix what I'm doing because if I'm going to place after school after school, I'm bringing my burnout there. I need to fix me. That's really where this process came in too, because I realized if I if I wanted to get better, I need to fix me, not them. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change, and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, Burned In Teachers, welcome to episode 161 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I am so excited, as always, that you have decided to join us here today. In this episode, I'm going to share with you my interview with a Burned In Teacher University student and member. Her name is Melissa. And my goodness, as she's talking and telling her story, like my heart broke so many times. She she had a lot of different challenges coming at her one after the other and from multiple angles and different places in her life. And, you know, I couldn't help but just being like, damn, like she kept trying and trying and trying and trying no matter how hard the situation was that she was dealing with or how little support she felt like she was getting. She has continued to show up for herself, show up for her students and even show up in different places and spaces so that she can find the right fit for her. And I know that many of you are going to relate so deeply to what she (laughs) talks about in her pre-burned in teacher story. And I just really appreciated how real and how raw she was about the challenges that she has faced both personally and professionally and how she has decided to change her perspective and really think deeply about what she can do to change her own reality um, in her in her school. And I am just, I'm so excited for this interview. I've, of course, I say that every single time, but 
Each interview that I do with a burned-in teacher student proves that this program, Burned-in Teacher University, was built for different teachers going through different challenges, and you get to use these strategies and these steps in any way that you see fit best for you in your season of challenge, in your season of hardship, in your season of however long you've been teaching or whatever grade you teach. Um, There's always a way for you to use these strategies to help you to move forward rather than stay stuck in burnout or to leave a career that you love or used to love. And I think that will come through very clearly how this program was built for teachers like you and I, who we don't want to leave teaching. We we wanted to be a forever educator and a forever teacher, um, but we know that things just aren't going the way that we either hoped or how well they used to go, and we need help. And at one point, I actually almost got a little emotional because the way that Melissa verbalizes her struggle and where she was, I just connected so, so deeply to that. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Melissa. She is in her 12th year of teaching. She's currently a first grade teacher and her favorite form of self-care is sitting in the hot tub. <laughs> I love that. And she here's how she describes her burnout story in just a couple of sentences. It started when I was placed to teach pre-K at a Head Start Center. I had a terrible relationship with my co-teacher. I was bullied and harassed at another school a few a few years later. When my two-year-old niece was diagnosed with leukemia, it became even worse. And you're going to hear her talk about this deeply personal and traumatic experience with her niece and how she handled it in the moment and how she knows that she's going to handle future hardships as they come along. Because we all know it's not going to be sunshine and roses, right? And I want to make sure that you understand that the Burned In Teacher University course is open and ready for enrollment, and I would love to see you inside so that you can get unstuck, so that you can move forward from the challenges that you may be facing right now personally and professionally. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Melissa. Burn on. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us on the Burned In Teacher Podcast to share your story of being burned out to becoming burned in. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about you as a teacher and everything outside of that. So um, I grew up in Miami um, and I lived there for about 18 years and then I moved to Pensacola, Florida. And then um, I moved to Dallas, Texas, when um, my oldest niece was born. My brother needed help raising a little girl. So um, so I have, right now I have three nieces. They are seven, four, and two weeks. Oh my goodness. So you're a brand new aunt too. Oh. Yes. Yes. She's about two weeks now. So yeah. yeah. Best. I have nieces. Oh yeah. Nieces. They are just a blast. <laughs> Um, so I've been teaching for 12 years. Um, I've taught everything except for third and fifth grade. Wow. That's a lot. So everything in the elementary level in between. So, um, so where are you now and what grade level do you teach? Um, I'm, I'm currently in, um, a suburb of Dallas and I teach first grade. 
Okay. And that was a connection that you and I both had because you've taught, of course, kindergarten and first grade. I've done kindergarten and first grade, and we have taught multiple grade levels. I've taught second, third, and fifth. So it sounds like that's kind of been your experience. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think first grade's the best, the best yeah. grade. I enjoyed first grade too. Actually, I spent most of my career in first grade. Uh, so this is, of course, my second year in kindergarten, and you've been able to help me a little bit there because you have more experience in kindergarten than I do. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> so can you help take us back? Let's just dive right into it. You know, tell us a little bit about your burnout story. I mean, I have heard it. It's heartbreaking, um, but I know that it will resonate with other people who, you know, maybe have something outside of teaching that really was kind of that straw that, that broke camel's back. Will you help us to understand where you were? So, um, it, most of it started back when I was, um, probably my seventh year in teaching and I was in, I taught pre-K and I taught pre-K at a head start and my pre-K, my, my co-teacher was just very, um, very mean and, um, confrontational and would talk about me all the time to everyone and anyone. And, um, it, it was a very hostile environment. Um, I think that's when I really started noticing the the spiral of burned out of burn, burn being burned out. Um, and then when um, my niece Madeline was um, a month after she turned a month to the day after she turned two, she was diagnosed with um, acute myeloid leukemia, just AML leukemia, and um, that was her first battle. Um, she battled all the way. She went through three rounds of chemo and had a bone marrow. Her sister, her um, six-year-old sister donated bone marrow. Um, and that was kind of, that was really where it started because I really struggled with balancing. I went from being a single, single by myself to being a full-time parent mm -hmm. to a six-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I had to navigate being a, well, actually she was four at the time. Sorry. The first time she was four. Mm -hmm. So I had to navigate being a parent with being an aunt. And now I'm a full-time parent. Mm -hmm. And that was a, that was a hard transition for me. I'm teaching and I'm being a parent at, at the same time. And normally people have a lot of time before, in between. They have time to prepare themselves to become a parent. Mm -hmm. I had a day. Mm -hmm. So she just came over and she never went home and she's mine now and she's not anymore she went back with her parents but we we had she had two rounds um when she went into remission thank god we were so happy everything was fantastic and my schooling I, I got better at school I got better at teaching I, I kind of felt comfortable again and then our world crashed again and she was she relapsed um in the, she was in remission for 14 months and then she relapsed. And once again, I went from being single, you know, being by myself, taking care of myself to being full-time parent again. And this time it was not, it wasn't good. The news wasn't good. The reports weren't good. Um, she actually ended up being on a trial, a uh, trial drug that took her ability to walk for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, this, we, she was making it, she, she got into remission. She was one of the only ones that made it into remission. But I remember being at school one day and I remember 
having one of the worst days ever because one of the kids that was in the classroom next to her, it was in the hospital room next to her died. He was two. Mm-hmm. He had the same kind of leukemia that my niece had. And so I just, I started crying at school. There was nobody, there was nobody in my classroom. There was nobody around me. I was by myself on my planning period, but then some of my colleagues went and told on me and I got written up about it. I would come into work every day and I would be struggling dealing with Madeline's situation. And then I would get a write-up, go home that, that come in the next day and get another write-up for the same thing. So they were pretty much like, papering me from what they were called it like they were trying to get rid of me um and then when last year she was getting her radiation and chemo and I I had a it was a horrible year because I couldn't handle it um I couldn't because my sister-in-law was texting me I was kind of my sister-in-law's only only contact she needed me to talk to her and help her make decisions and stuff about Madeline's life. And I just had a hard time. It was hard. I would be, I would be making, I would be telling her what, what to do or, you know, getting updates. And then I would teach. Mm-hmm. And I, all my planning went out the window. All of my, all of my, um, I was frustrated all the time. I was mad all the time. I was any little thing the kids did. I was very upset and like, and short mm-hmm. um that was last year was when in in the middle of my burnout the burn my burnout was the worst last year because I just I just I didn't want to do it I didn't want to be there mm-hmm. I wanted to be with Madeline and I wanted to um one of the things that um I was dealing with last year is at one point, Madeline had a 5% chance of survival, of survival. And we would, I would know that and then go back and teach smocker. Like, oh, they just gave her a 5% chance of surviving, but here, now do this. It was very, very, very hard on me. And my burnout looked like not wanting to be there, crying all the time. Um, being very short with the kids, not being happy at all. Um, everything the kids did, I would, they, I would just like, stop it. Like I would, I would just be angry and frustrated all the time. And then I, my principal came in, I didn't know she, I, I didn't see her. And I got a, a text message that they thought Madeline was in heart failure. And I said something to one of the kids. I said something like, I know you know how to do these letters because they were they were doing like letters and sounds and stuff. And they pretended like they they pretending like they didn't know what to do. And I knew they knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how could you do that in front of in front of the principal? Like you know what to do. You know, you know how to do this. So don't act like you don't know how to do it in front of the principal when you do it every day. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't how, what I said, it was how I said it. And I wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't nice. Mm-hmm. It wasn't respectful. It wasn't friendly. It was me being completely burned out, done. I didn't want to be there anymore. I was doing the right things. I really thought that I was fine. And then I just one day I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I'm probably going to have to quit. And 
um, my mom was really the one that said, you know what, go out there and research, Re do some research. So I found, I went on Pinterest and I found a burned out teacher or something like that on Pinterest. And that's when I found you. And then I was like, okay, the, to be honest, the, to be honest, at first I was very hesitant because, um, you know, it was, a, it was, it was a little expensive for my, for my budget. Um, but my mom was saying, you know, you put time in, you put time in, you put out years of your energy and blood and sweat and tears and what's a little bit more a little bit more money just do it it's worth it it's it's worth the investment and it it did give me pause for a minute because I was like wow you know it for me I was like I don't know if I can do this like it, it was just it was looking at it like is it worth it because it because at the time it was a big investment and then I was like, you know what? It is worth it. It is worth it. And I decided I'm done with this school. The principal was not working with me. The principal did not like me at all. So I decided that it was my time. It was my time to go to a different school. And I put everything into, burn, into the burning process. And I do, I feel so much better. Um, just as a little update, Madeline has had her second bone marrow transplant. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. She's getting better every day. She still has mobility issues. Um, she's walking, but not not like a regular child. Um, she's she's our, our she's our miracle. She's our miracle every day. Mm. Um, so. We, I have days where I go back to that, but I have days when I look at her and I'm like, she made it twice. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I guess that's really about my burned out story. <laughs> wow. That that's a lot. Like Melissa, I'm here listening and I'm like, oh my goodness. So you had, you had this happening and this happening and this happening and this happening. And it was, it seems like it was on all fronts. And one thing I, I kind of took away from that too, is that it's not like you just had, you know, Madeline's older sister in your care just mm -hmm. for fun. Like she's going through trauma too. So you two are going through this trauma together and trying to process all these things. And you as the adult are trying to nurture her and be there for her and who's there for Melissa. Right. Like, no, right. Right. So yeah, that, that was the hard part. Yeah. It, you know, I, I can relate to you definitely not as, um, a traumatic situation, you know, not the exact same situation, but back in 2011, I went through a traumatic experience with my uncle and it made me someone who I did not know, you know, same. trauma does that, right? Like it changes you. Like you can't it does. focus. You're not the same person. And I remember that I would get into crying fits. I could not stop. I could not stop. Yes. But I feel where we had a different situation too, is that I had people in my school who rose up to the occasion and helped to take care of me. Um, and they actually, it was a very surprising supporting um, situation, supportive situation for me, where for you, it doesn't feel like they, they showed you that empathy or that um, took that pause to say, she's having a hard time right now we are going to do everything that we can to support her. It was actually the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. They would do things like, 
get over it. They would say like, get over it. And, and I remember one time saying, what if it was your kid? Mm-hmm. What if it was your kid? What if, wh- how would you feel? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. And, and she was like, it's, I'd be fine. So there was no, no, um, empathy, no sympathy, no understanding. It was like, get over it. She's not even your kid. Wow. That is, I'm sorry that that was your experience. And I know that there are teachers that can relate to that. Like you've been very open about, you know, about what has happened. And I really appreciate that. Um, so in addition to, you know, they were not being supportive or you weren't feeling supported in your own personal trauma that was happening in your personal life, which was obviously affecting your performance at work. Um, you also had this negative relationship with, with your teaching partner, um, or your co-teacher here. So did that get better, get worse, stay the same? So improving, you said you were making some gains. Was that also, you know, was this related to your performance teaching the kids like their growth or was this um, pertaining to your relationship with your teaching partner? So I think that kind of, um, I think I kind of jumped around the pre-K one when I was with my, when I was teaching pre-K, when I had that very bad experience, mm-hmm. I, I left, I left, I, I left as soon as I could. Okay. And I went to a different school in down. Got it. Okay. Thank you. And, um, when I went to the other school, um, it, that's kind of when, when Madeline started getting sick and things started going downhill. Okay. 2020 when like the pandemic and all that happened. Um, and then last year was she, when she relapsed. I see. Okay. So So it was kind of, Mm -hmm. my burnout was kind of, um, over, over a span of a couple of years, of a couple of school years. Sure. I want to say probably about four, four or five school years, because when she was two was my first burnout. And then I got, it, it, things got better. And now I'm teaching first grade and she relapses. Mm-hmm. So now I'm teaching kindergarten when she relapses. So okay. it's kind of, I, I kind of jumbled it all together. No, that's okay. It sounds like a very messy situation. I'm not going to lie. Like, it just sounds like, like I said, you are, you had it coming at you from all angles. So I know that last summer you made a transition, like you changed schools again. So is this your third, is this a different district as well? This is a different district and I'm so much happier. Yeah. Yeah. And we worked through a lot of this in the burned in teacher Mm -hmm. mastermind, um, in the group coaching calls. Um, Mm -hmm. and you were really worried about switching districts because you're like, Oh my goodness, like, is this going to happen again? You know, like, and I was terrified of the principals and I still am. Mm -hmm. I'm still very, um, it scares me because of what I've been through. Mm -hmm but I'm being very trusting. And I, and I, and I took your advice. And when you said trust until, um, you know, trust a little bit at a time and I have been, and it's so much better. And it, it is because of my burnout, because of my trauma, I am scared sometimes to, to make a mistake. I'm scared to do something wrong because I can see oh my God, am I going to get on a girl's plane again? Oh my God, are they going to do this to me again? Mm-hmm. And so I have to kind of 
And I can relate to that too. The PTSD that you have from certain leaders. I mean, there's, there's probably a better way to put that, but it is like post-traumatic stress disorder. Like I am, I'm afraid of, of being, um, sort of just surprised by, you know, something that they kind of bring up that I'm like, well, that happened months ago. I didn't realize, you know, like, and, and that caused me to have a really open conversation with my new principal last year. Like if I ever do anything or say anything that you're unsure about, or that you don't really understand what I meant by that, please come talk to me right away. Like I'm an open book. I would never do anything upsetting or disrespectful on purpose. So I really appreciate it if you'd come and talk to me. And she was like, absolutely. And she totally has. And that comes again from like you just said, like trusting a little bit at a time and being open and honest at the beginning about what you need in order to feel in order to feel successful. And I still have days where I I'm worried and I'm scared and I feel, I feel like kind of the, I always get worried, you know, and I talked to, I talked to you about this before in the group coaching call, but like, I get worried that I'm like, oh my God, am I, am I slipping back? Like, am I going back to what I was doing before? Like, did I not plan right? But I think that's just me being a perfectionist and, you know, perfectionist Patty. Yes. And perfectionist Patty. Exactly. But you also like, you are so self-aware of your own past patterns and that's a good thing because you're able to catch yourself if you start to fall back into those negative um, patterns that, you know, that only set you up for, you know, I'm going to say quote unquote failure because failure is different for everybody. And you know what that looks like for you. And you also know how to set yourself up for success as well. And like through this burnout, you've really come out a stronger person, more self-aware, clear on what your values are, clear on what you want. And even before we hit record, like you had mentioned, you you said, you know, things are really hard right now. So I know that somebody who, you know, has gone through this process and we've talked through so many things that you've recognized that if things are hard for you, that, you know, right away to think about, okay, what is triggering this? Right. Right. And a lot of times, a lot of times, as much as I hate to admit it, a lot of times it goes back to Madeline and I don't want it to mm-hmm. because, you know, some day, some days she has appointments and, um, it's scary, you know, it's scary for her to have, for us to go through this again, like, oh my God, not again. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's, it's around that. And I, and that's something that my principal last year would say all the time. You have to leave your problems at the door. You can't bring them here. And I'm like, how can I not? Right. But this problem, th- this burnout was like something that I had to do to, for me. Like I had to fix me. I realized that something was wrong with me and my habits and my, and the things that I was doing in the classroom every day that my kids were learning, but I was not I was not the teacher that I wanted my niece to be in my class. Mm. And so that's what made me go to the burden teacher because I wanted to be the teacher that, that parents want their kids to be in. Oh my gosh, Melissa. Like I just, (laughs) I just about got emotional because I go there too. Like you and I are so similar in, in Mm -hmm. our, our past experiences and how, and recognizing those thoughts that we have, because I do the same thing. You know, I'm an, I'm an aunt too, and I'm a mom and I consistently come back to, and if I, cause we're human, right? Like I will say things in a certain way. And I'm like, Oh, if your daughter was sitting here, 
would you want your teacher to talk to her that way? Absolutely not. Um, or if this was your, if these were your twin nieces, would you want their teacher to mm-hmm. react to them this way? Absolutely not. And I think that's such a healthy place to come because you do want to be the teacher that you want people that you love to have. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's a really healthy practice to say, and that comes back to your teacher brand too, like the legacy that you're leaving and how, you know, how you want your kids to remember you. Right. Right. And that's something that that's part of the reason why I came into this process, because I realized that I needed to fix me Mm -hmm. that I kept saying, because I had to leave, I've left a quite couple of schools, um, several schools actually. Um, and I was like, well, at first I thought, you know what? It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. It's them. And then I realized it's me. I need to fix me. I need to fix what I'm doing because if I'm going to place after school, after school, I'm bringing my burnout there. I need to fix me. That's really where this process came in too, because I realized if I, if I wanted to get better, I need to fix me, not them. Mm-hmm. And you, and you're absolutely right. And that's not to say that everything is your fault and, and your burnout really is not your fault, but you are taking full responsibility and you notice the patterns and you know that 100%, the only thing we can change in any situation is us, right. whether that is our habits, whether it is our teaching practices, or whether it's the way that we are viewing things and choosing to think and believe and talk about them. And that is something that's so hard for so many of us. I know it was hard as hell for me to try to change those things because it was easy for me to blame everybody else. Right. It was easy for to say, oh, it's just the principal's fault or it's just the principal's fault or it's my teammate's fault. But then I started doing some deep digging and going through this process. And I was like, no, I, it's me. I need to fix me. That's and really, I have. That's a really hard thing to admit to. Right. And, and I want to yeah. make sure that we're clear for the listeners too, that you know, sometimes you're just not a good fit where you are, but you right. just aren't. And I think one thing to, that is really phenomenal about you, Melissa, is that you keep trying, you keep trying to find your place. You keep trying to do something different. And all right. of this midst of some trauma that is happening in the background, some things that are very hard for a family to face. All of this is still happening. And I, and I say background as in it's front and center for you, but it's also right. You know, while you're teaching as well. And, um, and it sounds like you have used some strategies to balance your emotions, to balance, you know, how you're, um, how it is that you're choosing to process these hardships while it is that you're moving into a new school. You've had some things happen in school this year that we kind of laughed off together and that we're like, okay, all we can do is move on. All we can do is talk to the principal. All we can do is open a conversation. And it seems like those things have been very successful for you. Definitely. Definitely. I feel more comfortable. I feel happy, like happier. Um, the kids don't bother me that I'm, I don't have like a short fuse anymore. Like, um, a lot of times last year, anything the kids would say or do, I would be like on them and not very nice about it. I'm, I mean, being very honest, not very nice about it. And this year I'm like, okay, it's just little things. It doesn't matter. Like in the grand scheme of things, is it really going to matter if he's tapping his pencil Mm -hmm. or if 
it's just the little things and I feel so much better. I feel like more comfortable in my own skin. I'm so glad to hear that. So you've already, without me even asking, you have laid out so many of the benefits and the changes that you have made in your life. Um, mm-hmm. and you even mentioned, you know, that even it was kind of an, it was a big investment for you and absolutely. Yeah. And that's something and, that's scary. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, um, for me, it just, it was like, okay, I, I've invested all this college. I graduated from college. I did all this time. I've, I've spent hours and hours and hours. What's a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of money for me. It, that, that was. And I'll be honest, that was my only pause. I was going to join. I was going to join. I was like, I'm, I'm good. And then I was like, oh, no, maybe not, maybe not. And then I went over it and I was like, okay, you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it because I need to get better. Yeah. And, and I have to say here too, that that's one reason that I restructured the course and the membership is because I know that, especially for somebody who is really struggling with burnout and they're in such a hard place, it's going to be extra hard for them to want to invest their money and their time into something that, um, that could potentially help them. So by separating the course and, you know, the group coaching calls and the Facebook community, I'm able to offer the course Mm -hmm. for a much lower price point. You know, I can't do everything for free. Um, of course, but yeah, but with, with what I've done to separate, you know, it used to be the master, like when you joined, it was the mastermind. It was the course. It was the Facebook, the, you know, the private Facebook community, the group coaching calls, the resources, all of that. And now I've separated the two. So that way, you know, people can go through the course. They can kind of get it like really dive in, go through this very deeply personal process. And then if they choose to join the membership and get the group coaching calls and the Facebook community, then that is, that is their next best step. And I've, I've done my very best to make them very, very affordable so that you don't have that pause and people can join anytime they want. Like I don't open and close the cart, you know, for things like this, because I want people like you, Melissa, like when you need the help, I want you to know that it is here for you and that there is hope. Right. Oh yeah. And it was one of the best things that I've ever invested in. You know, it was an investment. It was because it really changed my every day was like I was miserable I was miserable I hated going to work I hated getting out of bed in the morning I would cry um as much as I could not around Natalie you know my other niece who I was taking care of and I was like I have to I have to do something because I was even getting frustrated and short with Natalie too and so it was kind of like I was burned out everywhere mm-hmm. So I started doing this and, and it really, it really helped me. And it's funny because Natalie would say, you have to do your homework now. Mm-hmm. So like she would do her homework and then I would do the burden and teach, you know, the, the, some of the classes and she'd be like, okay, it's your homework time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. Mm-hmm. So Melissa, it's about time for this interview to be over. So I just want to ask you, is there anything else that you'd like to share about your transformation? Maybe something that you do every day that is helping you to, you know, take one step forward, or is there one big light bulb moment that you'd like to share with everybody about your experience with burned in teacher? I really think that, um, the batching, the batching of your time and because 
my part of my burnout was the the not the lack of planning the lack of having resources ready when I'm teaching Mm. when I'm not ready I feel flustered uncomfortable frustrated and that's when it that's where it comes from Mm. so that batching part of the program really helps me get an understanding of what I need to do and when I when I should do it and it also took time away from I'm not spending every night working for hours. I'm not spending the weekends and I'm able to spend time with my family and I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not working until six or seven o'clock every night. Of course, in the beginning of the year, we're doing a little bit extra. Yeah. Those weeks don't count. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We got to do what we got to (laughs) do. Yeah. But the batching was really one of the things that and um, the other thing that the other thing that is an amazing takeaway is I like how we were I was able to identify my weaknesses and how to solve them, not just like, oh, I know that I have a problem with planning, not problem, but yeah, I have a problem with planning. Um, <laughs> this was this was a this was a, a, an area in my life, an, an area in my teaching career that I was like, I I'm messing up. I'm not doing it right. So some, if this is not working, how do I fix it? Mm-hmm. And you gave me the steps that I needed to fix it. Mm. Melissa, I really appreciate how willing you are to be very open and honest about your strengths and the ways that you've gotten better by recognizing where you were falling short for your own well-being, like for your and for your students' well-being. And you've done all of this work in the midst of a lot of personal challenges and professional challenges. You are the epitome of the exact person that I want to help. Like you are willing to address the hard stuff and to hear, you know, what you're doing well, but also what you could do better for the sake of your own well-being and for your sustainable sustainability in this career, because I mean, we're losing teachers every single day because they don't know where to start. Right. That, and this gave me the tools that I needed to, to fix it. Mm. And, and it's not perfect. Like we have, I have days where it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, guys, get a scope on prodigy. <laughs> you know, I just have days where things just don't go like they're supposed to, but they're, I mean, I, I'm a lot better and I'm doing a lot better now having everything batched together and together and doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, and I know that, you know, this, but I want to say this for all of the listeners out there. The process is not about perfection. The process is about growth and that looks different for everyone. And Melissa, you have really done a very good job of sharing all of the growth that you've experienced personally and professionally. And you've also proven that there's work that you've done with your mindset and with your time management and all of those things in between. So thank you so much, Melissa, for spending your time with us today and sharing your journey. We really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, everybody take a deep breath. You just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher burn on. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.